Welcome to another PSD cast from Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Carl Fleshman. He's with uh, Texas Instruments, and we're going to talk about uh, USB-C, which is really a hot topic right now, Carl. Isn't that right? Welcome to the show. Hi, Alex. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. And, and yes, this uh, USB Type-C power delivery, this whole new connector is, uh, is a very hot topic uh, today. Well... And that's why we're glad to have you here because, well, the, the whole situation is we needed, and USB was originally created for low-power low peripheral devices, but with the explosion of power over Ethernet, and um, frankly, I'm very surprised that there aren't groups out there trying to create an industrial hybrid power and signal interface uh, cable standard, but the way it is now, all the heavy lifting is falling to USB for anything uh, not involving enterprise almost. What would you think about that, Carl? Yeah, I, I would say uh, uh, USB, like it, it did originally start out with uh, just for personal electronics, things of that nature, and had low power, but but now that, that we were transitioning to Type-C, it is expanding outside of these traditional uh, market spaces that you see, uh, and I do agree with uh, we're starting to see industrials looking at it with the new power capability. Uh, you, you can really start to power devices off there. You can do data. You can do video uh, faster and, than you'd ever done before. So it's really opening up the avenue for different uh, market spaces and and, and equipment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now, what are some of the challenges to the engineer at integrating uh, the USB-C system into their current designs? So uh, it's not really USB-C itself that is hard to actually uh, to implement. It's not that, that connector. What's actually hard is, is if you go beyond the new connector, beyond the standard 15 watts that it enables, it's going into the, uh, if you're enabling power delivery systems. Uh, so, so a common misconception that, that we've uh, seen over the last year and a half uh, since this technology has really started to come out in the market is, is people will say, I'd like to implement Type-C, uh, but I don't want. Uh, they either don't know about power delivery, or they say I don't want power delivery. Uh, but but the thing that you need to understand is, uh, and the customer uh, needs to know, is that by uh, the true benefit of Type C is when you add power delivery to it, you can now get up to 100 watts. You can now do uh, alternate modes for video uh, for faster data rates. And so what really the complexity that gets added into it is adding in and understanding that. PD communication and adding in that PD engine. So uh, there's some strict requirements in there, and that's where the difficulty comes in. Well, now, Carl, having said that, then USB-C can go toe-to-toe -to -toe now with power over Ethernet. Uh, yes and no. Uh, so the, uh, the reason I phrase it like that is, uh, so again, just to reiterate, and if I say it uh, too many times, just let me know, but it's important to, to just, <laughs> uh, with uh, Type-C by itself is just 15 watts. You can now flip the cable. It doesn't matter which way you plug it in. Uh, but if you add in power delivery, there are standard alternate modes already defined today, uh, such as DisplayPort for video, uh, Thunderbolt for uh, data and video, MHL for another video. Uh, it, and we have uh, some customers who are looking to add Ethernet as an alternate mode. Uh, so you could potentially kind of get that PoE uh, uh, type aspect over uh, USB Type-C with power delivery. Um, uh, I would just say I haven't seen it yet, uh, but people are investigating that. So we're kind of getting to you, you, you could add it uh, over this new universal connector. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, and that's the point, Carl, right? Because um, 
if I can push that much power down the USB-C and the cable costs me less and it's um, enough power to drive a security terminal, a video camera, a fingerprint sensor, um, an intelligent sensor in an industrial environment, uh, a myriad of intermediate level powered robotic devices that people didn't think they could or would have to go to USB, I mean, to uh, power over Ethernet. And if I'm doing, say, for example, a new uh, installation in, say, a micro uh, factory, you know, uh, I'm a, a maker, let's say, and I've come up with a, a motorized skateboard or a to, to, to beat the stereotypes to death, a motorized skateboard or a powered surfboard, which are both out there, um, you know, and I only need to make 10000 a year, the equipment that I can get my hands on, maybe I should go USB-C for my intelligent system because then it's even easier for me to swap out and upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Uh, the, the one thing I'd like to, I guess, caution any uh, listeners is, is if they're designing a, a type C PD system and maybe they're looking at it as an alternative to PoE. Um, Ethernet is a very long distance, and, and I forget the exact uh, distance in my head that, that the cable length can go without degradation of the signal and the power and data. Uh, currently, in the, in the Type C specification, uh, once you get past four meters, uh, you start to lose some of it. Uh, but I mean, there are uh, proponents within the uh, org. Uh, the standards body to, to increase that distance, uh, but that's just today that that's a limitation uh, of this technology. Oh, and well, that's why I have smart people like you on this show, Carl, to remind us of those very, very important things. Uh, but then that brings to mind the idea of possibly using uh, power of reason, especially whatever the next generation, because as we both know, they're, they're working mightily on increasing the power levels they could push through that that possibly you wind up with a distributed mixed signal architecture in which you're using power over Ethernet to the hubs and then uh, PO, uh, then uh, USB-C mm-hmm. or whatever the next generation flavor is to the uh, served devices. Yeah, the, the, I guess the comment I'd have to that is uh, so, uh, USB-C could be an alternative to PoE, uh, but, but the other, uh, what I... What I enjoy seeing about the, the aspect of, of this new technology is the fact that within power delivery, that full spectrum of what you can do, it's not just data, it's not just power. You can do video. You can do any sort of custom alternate mode you kind of want to define. So anything that could run across the super speed lines, you could create your own uh, kind of alternate mode and, and make something in there. So you kind of think of any connector we see today feasibly, uh, you, you may see that as an alternate mode in the future. So this could be end up being the... The one connector is, uh, I think I've jokingly seen, uh, around to, to rule them all, and, and the fact that uh, uh, that makes it really easy on the consumer, that you don't, it doesn't matter which way you plug it in, is just a, it's a nice benefit and boon to it. Right. Well, and, and Carl, uh, frankly, I, I apologize. I, I had thought the consumer side was already uh, conquered, as it were. Uh, matter of fact, I did an editorial for your exact point a couple of months back on the whole aspect of it. But I'm going to let you talk to the point where I mute the wire while an uh, uh, ambulance goes by. Um, b- before we get to the point you were saying, uh, the, the, uh, one last thing I want to just comment on PoE versus power delivery uh, is it depends on how much power the, the customer is trying to design for. 
to my knowledge, and we'd have to double check the exact number, but I believe it's around 25 watts or so is the is today's limitation on power over Ethernet. Whereas with power delivery, you can get all the way up to 100 watts. So any sort of high-powered uh, system or design, you can now use that, that new connector and, and enable the higher power charging. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and frankly, this is going to reinvigorate the Internet of Things because, as I was saying, um, USB-C has conquered the consumer side or will conquer because um, all of these remote devices have to eventually dock for power, uh, if not to sync, uh, backup video. There are a lot of things that need to happen at the dock level that USB-C is very well set to serve. Mm-hmm. That's true. What are your uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, no, definitely. USB-C, uh, for, for a docking uh, situation, uh, it does allow, uh, as we start to transition to the different alternate modes on that, to, to limit or to minimize the number of connectors you have on it, thus decreasing the board size. So you can get a more full-featured uh, little device there uh, at, at a smaller uh, price point, a smaller solution size, uh, more energy efficient, things of that nature. And so... Uh, uh, just, just the future for these uh, docks and, and these devices is 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 really growing and looking uh, good. I, I, I agree with you completely, Carl. Because, well, as I was saying, unless until we get to completely self-sufficient energy harvesting wearable devices, uh, everything eventually has to stop somewhere, get plugged in to charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other comment uh, I kind of make just as, as we, again, get a smaller solution size, as we get a, uh, less connectors, things of that nature. Uh, so you, you go and you'll see, uh, and you see in the market today, people are making what we call like multi-port adapters. So you'll go from Type-C to, to different uh, to, to different connectors or, or to just kind of a port expander. Uh, but but as, we, as we move to Type-C, uh, you're able to get your very large, clunky docking stations you had before at a very small form factor. So you, mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of having a, a stationary dock you'd leave at your office there at your home, you now have the, the concept of a true travel or mini dock really comes about. Uh, and and in, a, in a way, you don't really have to have an adapter anymore. You could just carry your little tiny uh, mini dock with you. Right, right, right. Well, and that's the beautiful part about all of this, Carl, is um, I love showing ideas to my audience because for everything that we can think of, there are going to be an order of magnitude more ideas from our audience just thinking, wow, I could do X, Y, and Z with it, or, you know, because it's just such a beautiful open-ended architecture. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about this um, reference design that TI's come out with? Uh, so the uh, USB-C uh, mini-dock uh, reference design or EVM that we, evaluation module that we have uh, mm-hmm. is, a, is a full-featured, and I say full-featured uh, dock, and what I mean by that is uh, it's a full power delivery. It's a 60-watt design. It is capable of being charged from either your traditional barrel jack that you have today or maybe if you're moving over to Type-C, you could use that. Uh, you connect it into your PD-enabled laptop, and now you're able to expand, as I, as I mentioned before, expand your ports, expand your capability of your laptop, and now you could power, uh, or sorry, provide video to uh, DisplayPort or HDMI monitor. 
you can plug in a legacy or a USB drive today, a Type-C drive. Uh, we have an audio codec on there, so if you want to do uh, your traditional 3.5-millimeter audio, you can also get all that out. Uh, and, and as we mentioned in the press release, as you look at the documentation, we really cut the solution size uh, in, a, in half from, from what you've seen uh, on all the other docking stations out there today. And, and how we do that is uh, TI uh, has designed a lot of uh, ICs here that where we fully integrate uh, at, uh, a lot of the components needed for this. So within the PD space, there's a whole array of building blocks that you need to enable a full-featured PD system. Uh, and the chipset that we feature on, uh, on this reference design, uh, the TPS6598X family, uh, fully integrates the PD controller, so the policy engine, the handshaking. So this allows the customer or the designer to, to not have to worry about developing the firmware and, and figuring out how this new complicated protocol works. We, we just take that burden upon ourselves and, and enable the customer to just configure how they wish. Drop it in. Uh, in addition, uh, the, the, we fully manage uh, what's unique to TI and to this solution is the, is the power path. And again, this is new to Type-C because before you were just maybe five volts at one and a half amps, and now with Type-C, five at three. But if you do power delivery, you can do all the way up to 100 watts. So we, we integrate that in there and, and the complexity needed for your transition times and things of that nature. And, uh, and I could go on, but I won't go into the nitty-gritty details. Uh, but, well, uh, we'll make sure to put a link, Carl, on the uh, page with the podcast mm-hmm. so the audience can follow through and uh, take a look at the data sheet and the uh, deep dive stuff. Um, but before I let you go, uh, I want to talk a little bit of Blue Sky. <clears throat> There's something that always has bugged me about uh, USB, even when it was just the original USB. Uh, that meant the capability was for every power supply to be able to intelligently communicate or at least semi-intelligently communicate with its load. So if I plugged my cell phone in, <clears throat> my power supply had the capability, even back then, to talk to the phone, at least for some basic uh, safety and housekeeping functionality. And I'm very surprised that that hasn't yet to happen. Or do you think that it'll just leapfrog in because the technology is becoming so embedded into everything that the wall socket with the intelligent um, USB tied into the smart house is going to come before we get the smart uh, wall work? Uh, so I, have a, I have a few comments uh, to, to kind of answer that, and, and uh, feel free to interrupt if I'm not hitting what, you, what you're specifically asking. But uh, Type-C by itself, I mean, in the standard, and the specification, all cables must at least be able to do three amps and kind of guarantee that. But, but there's no – and Type-C by itself, there's nothing that – uh, fully guarantees that. But, pa- but when you add in power delivery, when you add in that protocol, uh, it, it kind of owns all of that. Uh, it sends, uh, and I don't know how familiar you are with the power delivery contract, but, but at a very high level, uh, you'll have your source. As soon as you connect the cable, uh, the source and the system will advertise its capabilities, what it can offer for power. Right. The sync, on the other hand, will choose uh, from that list what it, what it wants, what, what it can take in, and it'll negotiate and handle that. Um, and so uh, there is some of that uh, kind of wall adapter universal charging-esque uh, capabilities built into the PD spec. Uh, they have defined specific voltage rail requirements that you must support, uh, right. 5, 9, 15, 20 volts. Um, but they do also have in there uh, a capacity for something called an e-marker, an electronically marked chip in the cable, and that would further help 
identify what the cable's capabilities are and what the systems are. And so uh, the, the power delivery spec kind of handles that. Uh, we are moving closer and closer to people starting to do authentication and things of that nature to try to get uh, an even more honed-in version of that. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but at a basic high level, uh, PD kind of already does what you were talking about. Got you. So, so that's excellent. That's really, really great because basically, as it, as you were saying, it's, it's, it, it behooves the uh, power supply now to be intelligent because they need to be to comply with the spec properly. Correct, because otherwise you'll have what we've seen in the industry, and maybe you saw the the, um, the Amazon or Google article about the non-compliant cable and things of that nature. But if, but if you don't have a compliant PD controller uh, in the system or a non-compliant cable, you could potentially just immediately throw 20 volts onto onto VBUS and blow up your system. Uh, so that's what's really kind of changed some of the tweaks to the power delivery spec to enforce and really encourage people to, to get this compliance uh, certification to, to guarantee or, uh, this, I guess, defense against that uh, those issues and to really enable right. this uh, uh, kind of universal charging or this knowledge of how to communicate. Exactly, Carl, because, well, catastrophic failure looks nice on paper. You know, they're very pretty sounding words, but uh, no one wants to be in the vicinity of a device undergoing it. No, 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 they do not. (laughs) So, and one last thing, Carl, before I let you go, I always give my guests the last word on my show. It could be a little bit more about uh, the TI solution, something else about the company, or just a tip for our audience, but the floor is yours. Thank you, Alex. I uh, appreciate you having me on this call. Uh, the last thing I'd like to leave the audience is uh, TI does have a wide portfolio for uh, for whatever your feature needs are for USB Type-C or power delivery. Uh, I encourage you to go to www.ti.com slash USB-C. Uh, there you'll find our overview portal page and it can help guide you uh, to the different feature sets and the correct IC for your need. Excellent. Well, hey, Carl, thank you so much for coming on our show. I really appreciate it, and uh, especially in a space that's got so much attention right now. Thank you again. I'm uh, proud to be on this uh, talk show. I'm glad you had me. Pleasure's mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Power Systems Design. Have a great day.